0: When the world, the what a problem, what a when the welcome, welcome, welcome,
1: welcome, welcome, so We're doing things a little bit different today.
0: We are. We're doing things a little bit different. We're having uh, what we're calling midterms. We're, we realize we're midway through the season, so we wanted to do a a quick recap on just what's been happening so far. And also there's just been a lot of interesting happenings in the world, in the world of boy meets world. I don't know. There's just a lot to talk about that. We couldn't really squeeze into uh, a very specific episode.
1: Exactly. That was my whole thing. It's like, um, boy meets world had a real, like a lot of announcements the last few weeks. Um, for all you boy meets world fans, I'm sure you saw a lot of it. So we wanted to discuss some of that. And then also, uh, just, being black in america also has had a few updates so a (laughs) hundred percent this has been like a very interesting summer like especially during this podcast it's like oh are you a boy meets world fan do we have news for you oh are you black in america have we got some news for you
0: (laughs) or are you just a person just trying to make it through because we have some news for that too. (laughs) yeah we got we got news for everybody everybody get some news um but yeah yeah we just figured we just have kind of a a, an informal chat about some things
1: do where do you want to start because there's so well yeah let's let's just do a quick recap of
0: the season so far i just want to get your thoughts on what you think of season two thus
1: far i think that season two is really it's different from season one um we're starting to do more of what i am familiar with and what i thought about um boy meets world but also uh i've been talking to people about the podcast and we were talking about how um so many people are like oh yeah i learned so much from boy meets world it's such a good show so many great life lessons i was like yeah not now (laughs) like right now we're dealing with a lot of fuck boy shit like we're dealing with a lot of bad bad lessons
0: (laughs) it seems as though like they're getting the formula down for how to tell stories with these lessons and it it seems like the lessons that are being taught however are kind of a second thought
1: yes i agree Uh, because
0: i i will say that like the way that they've established the show in this season versus the first season and like I feel that um there's just there's a bigger world now to Corey like it's 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 outside of just that sixth grade classroom that we were in all the time in the first season Um, he's interacting with new people he's having new experiences but he's learning things from these people that sometimes aren't great and um I don't know I definitely feel like the influence of high school and trying to be like cool to other kids is making him act kind of douchey at points him and Sean both um great episode there have been some fantastic episodes this season but overall like you said i think i'm also surprised at how um just how the lessons don't age well
1: exactly like some of the like the last episode we had that was like wow
0: <laughs> that episode was batshit. shit like I, really I don't I, know where I, we're going
1: forward but i was just like wow
0: <laughs> We're comparing women to me and no one's like saying like, Hey, that's a bad thing for you to do. Corey and Sean, Corey and Sean never have a, Oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. It's just "Uh, Hey, yeah, you're my bro. Yeah. You're at the end bro. of it, remember it was like, yeah.
1: Oh, at least we respect each other. <laughs> yeah. I can, you can
0: respect another man, just not a woman. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that has been an interesting thing. Although, um, I have to say that I am loving some of our new characters that we've had this season. Mr. Oh, yeah. Turner, the Harley's crew, everything like that. I'm loving all of our new characters.
1: Harley, of course, uh, and the kind of crew, they're some of our favorites. You know how I feel about Mr. Turner. Um, and then looking ahead, I was also like, oh yeah, we get some more fun characters Um, so yeah, I'm really interested to see where the season goes in terms of the world that we're building. Now, at the end of
0: season one, we had a final recap in which we voted our favorite character from season one to be Minkus. How much are you missing Minkus midway through
1: season two? Um, You know, I miss Topanga more, if we're being honest. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like she's a regular, but she's not a regular. Exactly. I was like, when have we actually seen Topanga? We've gotten, like, maybe two or three um, episodes with Topanga. And, like, I think only two of them used her well. You you know what's funny? You brought this up
0: um in a previous podcast about your theory about the opening credits and yep. how that reflects who's important to Corey's real life. I think from from a show's perspective, I think that Boy Meets World just genuinely didn't know which characters, like where they wanted to focus the show. If they wanted to focus it more on school, if they wanted to focus more on home, there was a lot of new characters being introduced. The reason why I don't think we get that formal opening scene is because I don't think they knew who they wanted to be the central cast of the show yet and I think that's the reason why like the seasons kind of like the intro is kind of a blip but next season you'll notice this like it's it's so much more on the school and like from the remaining uh, how the show plays out it's all focused on school versus the first season which was very much home-based exactly so I think I think that's where the transition is also kind of seeing is that the creators are just like we don't know maybe the the characters that the kids at school will be a bigger deal than the parents at home. We don't know yet. Um, But I think we definitely see that with Topanga, like her influence in season three and four is so much bigger than seasons one and
1: two. So again, looking ahead, I I did just look and I was like, Oh, season three. I think season three is where it's like, I'll like, yes, this is the boy meets world that I know. Um, dude
0: seasons three four and five are the bread and butter of the show specifically season four you know how i feel about season four but to me like... like this is the best the show gets is seasons three four and five and so i know that like even though there's some bullshit that we're seeing in these, uh, you know, first two seasons, there were some episodes we didn't really care for, some episodes we outright hated, some episodes we didn't agree with. I know there's, you know, a light around the corner with season three coming up, and even honestly, the end of season two has some great episodes.
1: No, I believe that, and again, I'm not saying that like what we've gotten so far hasn't been fun. I, I think it's been fun, and if anything, it's one of those things where I'm learning with time that like. Every one of your phase has a problem problematic moment. You know, it's just like one hundred percent. There are problematic moments in anything that you used to love, especially if it was from the nineties. And you just got to measure it on like how problematic they were being. It's like a, <laughs> it's not if they were bad. It was like, oh no, you were you were definitely seeing some bad stuff. But like, how bad was it relative to everything else we got going on? And I think for the most part, this show is. It's teaching lessons that you're like, I kinda wish we weren't teaching, but it's not the worst thing. Or in some cases, like it's not any different than what we're telling anything us else now. on television. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um Do you have a character you wish you could control alt-delete from the season so far? <laughs> um control alt-delete from the season. Uh I'm just gonna say I I'm not really I don't have any harm or malice towards this person, but I feel that you're right that Morgan could be gone now, and it really—I was would gonna make say no like difference. It, <laughs> no,
0: like they could have just totally Judy Winslowed her, and it would have been fine. Like I—I I feel like it's more of like uh, we don't know what to do with her, and because Eric and Corey are so close in age, like yeah. we see Eric at school with Corey interacting with his friends, yeah. I mean, even in season one, Morgan was just kind of like this, like, girl that they were babysitting all the time. And, like, Eric would, like, bring his girlfriends home. They would meet her. But they're not going as home as much anymore. Exactly. They're going to the chubbies. They're going to other places. So, I mean, like, the drive-in. You know, there are all these new locations that we never went to in the first season. So I think she's just becoming less and less relevant. And, I, I mean, even when they bring her back, I don't really remember her being super...
1: I think it's weird because I'm trying to think right now if there's any other TV show that kind of has a formula like this or like has done a similar thing and what I'm saying is you're right Boy Meets World like it in the first season it's very family heavy and then it, – and it's very family-heavy and Mr. Feeney. You know, like, those are the two people who we're kind of talking about. And we've talked about this before. And then he gets older, and now we're in middle school slash high school, and things are kind of all over the place. Um, It's like uh, – because I, I was I, like, you, you know want what? To get rid of Alan, and I was like, um – like if, well no i'll kill saying, alan off <laughs> well not just kill alan off because of course we get great scenes with the family later but i was saying that like i'm thinking about it now when a show i want more i want to learn more about uh sean and sean's family life and what he's going through we got a little bit even about like the kind of crew and like what's going on with them i feel like if this was a modern day show uh, it would have been like a Degrassi type situation where like we're learning. I would say that we're life. we're going to get there. We will get
0: there. It's just we haven't got there yet, but we will get there, especially with Sean and some of the other characters. We definitely will dive into their families more and more. And I think Sean has a huge um, uh, emotional arc in season three because that's when his parents disappear. So that's when we really start getting into what all that is doing to him and his character but to your previous point of just like i don't know of another show that's done this i will say that like the first season of saved by the bell is from the teacher's perspective
1: yeah but that's what what i mean is like in the first season of saved by the bell that is true but they immediately switch and they know their formula and they that's
0: right it. season two starts and they keep that they have that formula locked and loaded they that's didn't what i'm have saying moment to like to transition and it seems like Boy Meets World is having this year of transition. But, yeah, they just seem to have known it right away. And even, um, you know, when you look at, like, Family Matters, which was really supposed to be about the Winslows and then kind of shifted gears towards just being about Urkel and um – um Uh, even Fresh Prince initially when it started was supposed to be more about the family and ended up just being more and more just about Will and and Carlton for the most part so um, especially
1: towards the later years
0: yeah and I I think that is there is that's just that transition of just like well let's put this on the air and how are the audience reacting to it and what changes do we need to make and what characters are working what characters aren't working
1: Um, but the thing that I'm saying is even when you like even when you have a show that changes its focus and it changes its stars it still for the most part has a a dynamic or a rhythm to it or a way of storytelling that you said that we will get with Boy Meets World in season three what I'm talking about is I feel that we are watching them work this out on television uh, that you don't get to see more so in different series. Well, you know what? I actually think that's kind of a beautiful thing about
0: television pre-internet. Um, yes, and, and that's and, and that's and that's that networks gave a show time to find its voice and find its audience. So we were able. Like, if I were working at ABC now and the show was on, I feel like it would get canceled like season two, and we would have missed out on the greatness that was to come after that. And I feel like, like Girl networks, Meets World did. Yeah, Networks especially are real quick to cancel a show that doesn't immediately connect. But some of my greatest shows, like when you think about Parks and Rec, that first season was not good. And so it takes takes a while, I think, for some shows to really build their voice and their audience and their relationship with their audience. Um, And I feel like the 90s was far more forgiving of that kind of thing than we see nowadays.
1: Uh, Actually, not only what I really love is I just thought about... um... A show that does it remember how i was like i can't think of a show like that like f- finds like takes this time to find its footing this way oh yeah yeah seinfeld seinfeld does just oh
0: 100 percent. the first like few seasons of sorry like i would exactly too yeah
1: yeah the first few seasons of seinfeld like i think the first episodes or something like elaine's not even in it um and then they kind of expand the world and they expand what they're doing and I so, started
0: watching Seinfeld on Hulu and I started like mid season three.
1: Yeah. That's like the best way to do that. It really is. Honestly, it, you can't, you have to start. There's like a specific episode that you need to start with and then that's it.
0: Yeah. I think it was like the Chinese restaurant episode. Yes. Like other oh, two that's such a
1: good go. one too.
0: But I think that was one of the first ones, and then like the the one where they lose their car was an episode in the parking garage. Yes, I remember. Uh, yeah, you're right. Some of like, those early classic episodes, and to me, the the bet is my favorite science film episode. Yeah, well, so
1: the bet is the <laughs> or one the one contest.
0: That, I'm sorry, the yeah, contest.
1: The contest about. is the one that put it on the map. Honestly. The con the contest is the one where everyone the next day was talking about, Oh my God, did you see this show? Yeah. Um <laughs> and it's still it's still really good and it's still relevant to like any friend group now. You know, it's just like I think it's Well, working. I
0: watched their um not that there's anything wrong with that episode recently, just to see how well that aged. How does that age too bad?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no. Honestly, I love that episode. I mean, yeah. I still again to this day, with anything, it doesn't just have to be about sexuality. If I'm talking about someone like uh, well, this is sexuality, but like if we're talking it's about part like some of the vernacular, not or anything. anything. I'm like, not that there's anything wrong with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, oh, all I was gonna say is that the Chinese episode, I think, is where fans of the show realize its pivot, and it first started having the discussion that it was about nothing
0: yeah nothing and everything like it was at that episode where it's like damn we've all been at that point where we've been waiting way too long long for reservations and that that relatableness of it i think is what started to to really come through guys welcome to the new seinfeld podcast (laughs) that we're doing
1: (laughs) but i mean like a really quick side note did you ever hear um did i ever discuss with you what seinfeld's really about no all right, so I was speaking to someone earlier and they were talking to me about how Seinfeld's not a show about nothing. It's a show about manners, American manners, uh, and how we deal in social situations. So it called well, it's definitely it, social commentary, but yeah, I never really thought about it. Yeah, like, no, it's American a show manners. about American manners and how we like that whole thing of like in America you're supposed to wait quietly uh for your reservation you're supposed to tip you know there's like all these things that yeah. you're supposed to do as an american to be part of our social structure and all of these people don't agree with it and they are always challenging those expectations of what it means to be polite in america and that's yeah. what the show's really about wow yeah i love it all right so back to boy meets world um uh they had a reunion recently. They did. Oh my God. That Like, I'm sure anyone who's a fan of the show saw the photo by now. It's fantastic. That was such a good moment.
0: I, what one of the things that I'm immediately angry about is that I had no idea this reunion was happening. We followed their, their, their social media. They never mentioned it, that they were doing it. Um, So I don't know how people heard about it to sign up for it, but, Damn, was I jealous! Yeah, I was, like, I was really really
1: upset. Thing. I had no idea that this was going to go
0: on. Like, if we had known, if this was like a <laughs> Comic Con type of thing, we would have went to Chicago. for I it. probably definitely would have. Way. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Just to see like people taking a picture, and that's the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know fucking Matt Lawrence and Second Morgan and <laughs> Griff,
1: no, it was like the like, the OG cast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sean, Corey, Topanga, and Eric. People have pictures with them. Those are my family. I grew up with those kids and I don't have a picture with them. You yeah. understand? Like it's I'm angry about it.
1: It's really, really crazy um to see because um they all just look it's weird to like see people who are not family, but that you grew up with as a family and like they're all bonding and together it's like i don't know it's adorable i love
0: it it's like when a group from high school gets together but you're not invited yeah exactly you're, you're like, not in their group <laughs> like i understand i understand we're not really that close but like oh, i really want to go
1: i'm really happy that you're there you know it's like you're happy that their friendship has maintained
0: and it just looks like they're they were having a lot of fun with it
1: like it's exactly. like they were just enjoying
0: it and it, i think even um Danielle Fisher, official, uh, official, Um She posted on her Instagram that you know, like, hey, we should probably do this more. Yeah. So hopefully we get more of this, uh, this kind of a uh, meet and greet situation because I would again love to to meet them and just to thank them for just like what they've done. And I'm sure they get that so often, but I don't yeah. know what else to say but to just thank you for just like teaching me through you. So Which, I know they're actors on the set; they have no, yeah.
1: you know. Well, uh, my whole thing is I'm a 6 foot 4 black man, so like when I like approach these small little people, yeah, um, I'm sure it's way more intimidating, but nonetheless, you're just like, yeah, but I'm so happy. And then also um I don't understand how it has happened and it probably hasn't happened yet because I'm not ready for it to happen. I don't know how to compose myself. But uh, Ben Savage lives in my area. Like every time he checks into something, on instagram i'm like you're literally around the corner we live in the same sphere and i just don't know what i would do if i ran into you i just don't so (laughs) and here's the
0: thing though is like um i was actually surprised when i was looking at um the hashtags of all the people that met them, that there were actually some people of color there, and I didn't think that that would be the case, but um, I think it's actually, their appeal is far more diverse than we might give them credit for based on just who they cast in the show.
1: Dude, I'm going to tell you right now that um, everyone I speak to, uh, not everyone I speak to, but like a lot of people I speak to who more and more I've been telling about the podcast, the people of color, they're all like, I... Loved Boy Meets World, and I honestly don't know what this show did differently that made children of color gravitate towards it. The gravitate towards it before Angela got on. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, and I think it was just like this. It's like, hey, we're gonna tell stories from kids' perspectives, but like, I, I, you know, when you think about it, like this show is all about like what Corey comes up with. Like, the teachers aren't steering him in any one direction. His parents are just like, do what you think is best. Like, he's the, the, the agency and, and the, the decisions are made solely by the children. And I don't know that there's another show that gave kids that much power and decision making um, to make their choices and to learn from their choices. Um, and I think that's something that honesty uh, and that taking kids' problems seriously um, was something that we related to. Because this was before we had Dawson's Creek. This was before we had, like, 8th grade. This was before we had, like, those those... Like uh, mature dissections of youth. Um, yeah. I think all we had up to this point was like John Hughes and Wonder Years. So I think it was just nice just to have something that felt genuine to our growing up experience. That I don't. I think it kind of transcended race. And the scene. It, I. I mean, obviously, we're two black people doing this podcast, so we can agree with that. And I, I. I think it's more common than
1: we might realize. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's it. I don't know. I. I honestly don't have an answer. Maybe. Uh we can ask guys some if people. you know write us in yeah absolutely for those of you who uh also checked in about the boy meets world reunion uh buzzfeed had this article about the inconsistencies from boy meets world that the cast themselves discussed and it brings up one of our favorite topics which i really really enjoyed uh first of all like while they were doing this q a at the wizard world chicago comic con uh, which is where the reunion happened. Um, they Why brought. The hell did it happen in Chicago? Is I don't ben know. From Chicago, I think. I think Ben's from Chicago. It's Ben from Chicago. I, honestly, it looks like I don't know. By the way, if you do know, please let us know because we did no research on this other than to complain that we weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think
0: the savages in general are from Chicago. Like,
1: oh, ben that's a Fred. good point. But also, it looks like Will Friedle had like. His own booths or something there.
0: Well, Wolfordell's done so many geeky Comic Con y kind of stuff. That's that what I'm saying.
1: Like do I don't that. know yeah. if it was like like Ben was like, oh, I'm going home and I'll be there and let's see if we can make this happen. Or if like Wolfordell was gonna be there anyway and Well
0: Wolfordell was I think there were Chrissy Carlson Romano, right?
1: <laughs> For Kim Possible?
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> man, there's just so much good stuff going on.
0: Oh, man. All right. Anyways, yeah, they did the the inconsistencies.
1: Yeah, but they did the inconsistencies, and it started off with uh, someone reminding um, the cast about the discussion that Will and Daniel had about whether or not the Matthews yard that we always see is on the side of their house, or is it the back of their house? Um, And like it's just it's like no one can really agree on the architecture or the floor plan of the uh matthew's house and i just like i thought it was a really good conversation because i never thought of it until like just now but we've kind of even brought it up like i remember when grandma came and she like we heard her honk from like and then she entered through the back door you're like wait where where'd you park what's going on here
0: Okay, so I've actually been thinking about this question in a lot of detail. <laughs> and I have come to the conclusion that we are seeing the side of their house. Oh. That Mimi lives next to them. That the driveway that they're looking at is at the front of the house, and they're looking towards the, the road, and that's where the driveway is. And then behind them is the garage with the basketball court that we see later on.
1: All right, I mean that. That's my. Much,
0: that's my opinion.
1: That's Will Friedle's opinion as well, um, but it's really, it's crazy because it's always called the backyard, or it's always seen as the backyard, um, especially like Feeny living. Like it's just weird, you know. Like I, that the who spends that much time on the side of their house, even Feeny. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I, You know what? It it is one of those things that I don't think we'll ever get a straight answer because even the cast can't agree with it. Especially, like, they brought up a few other things as well. Um, Well, they
1: brought up the fact that, like, you know, you have the two Morgans. um, Danielle Fishel brings up the fact that she had four moms – sorry, four fathers and three moms and that their names kept changing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I'm I'm glad that they noticed it too. That it wasn't just us. And I wonder if it's one of those things that they noticed in the moment, or if it's one of those things that, like, in retrospect, they realized. Because I I would imagine that, like, like you know your character, like, you, like Topanga, like Danielle played Topanga for years, so she yeah. knew what her parents' names were. So that day on when they were doing the the read through, that she not chime in and be like, hey, that's not what my parents' names are.
1: I feel like I feel like it's all in retrospect because I feel that. You and I talk very, uh, sorry, we talk a lot about how, um, you know, we've grown nostalgic way more than we were, like, originally in the 90s. And I feel that what happened was, as we've grown, like, as fandom has grown, like, we've paid way more attention to details than, like, in the 90s when, like, you would just get a script and you would read it. You know what I mean? I, I guess so. I just feel like, as an actor,
0: like I would know my character's history. I would know my character's family, and uh, like just one day at a table read, just to be like, "Hey, that wasn't the name they had last time," or "Didn't I have a sister?" Like, just one of those things to just kind of throw out to the writing room, just to be like, "Hey, guys, did you ever have any thoughts on what happened to the sister?" Or,
1: I mean, because like, no, they do bring up the fact they bring up the fact that Nebula was there and then disappeared. And that uh, Sean had
0: siblings that disappeared. Yeah. They
1: like they literally there's in the quote, uh it was like I had this is uh Ryder Strong who uh plays Sean, it was like I had sisters that disappeared. I had one brother who disappeared and then Matt Lawrence was like another brother. So like when Matthew Lawrence shows up, uh they just kept they go they just kept casting brothers and sisters like willy nilly.
0: Yeah, and I think the the goal eventually with that was to kind of, f- like, uh, flesh those characters out to, um, you know, have families of their own. I just don't think it, it, it ever really caught on. Um, but, I mean, obviously, Matt Lawrence stuck around for a while, so I think maybe it was just a timing thing. Like, we had to meet Sean and understand Sean first before we could kind of move on to siblings.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think in reality, I just think that in the 90s, they weren't as meticulous because this was all pre-Arrested Development, where, like, uh, continuity became a huge thing. Like, you couldn't say something in one episode that didn't add up later, because we are now a generation that is used to jokes that build upon yeah. themselves, and we pay attention. So, like, if you say they live, uh, if <laughs> like, we're the generation where it's like, well, we know where the, we found out where the Simpsons lived because they said that uh, they were looking out the window during this time of day and they saw the moon. And you can only see the moon at seven p.m. from this angle. So you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, that's who we are. Uh, I think and- I think a lot of it
0: has to do with binge culture as well like when yeah. you're binging a show you're picking up on things you're staying with stories in the 90s there was no like there wasn't even this thought of hey we're going to put this on DVD one day it was i'm going to air this and then it's going to run in syndication out of order exactly so i think that was kind of the thought of just like well whatever works for this episode because exactly it's run they would be like who anyway.
1: cares and now you're right with binge culture if you say that um topanga likes oranges and then in four episodes, Topanga goes, I can't, I'm allergic to oranges. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We will pause. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I mean, we've done it several rent. times. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Well, yeah, what's that could have been there? What's that could have asked them? If you were there, what question would you ask them? Like, if you were in that public forum and you could Honestly,
1: ask them one question. Honestly, this is why I'm like, I don't know what I would do if I ran into Ben Savage because. I don't know if I would have asked any. Like i like right now, you're asking me what I would do. I would. I just need time because, like, <laughs> I, was, like I was like, especially like seeing Ben Savage and Ryder Strong or Daniel Fishel or uh, Will L at any point in time separately, I would be overwhelmed. So to have all four of them be in the exact same spot and then being like, oh, you can ask them a question. I just, I would gush for, like, the longest time, and then, like, apologize. <laughs> I think I would ask them what their favorite episodes were. Like oh, that's a good one. That's always a good one to be like, hey, what's your favorite episode? Because I
0: feel like their memories, like, they, they have memories of it the way we have memories of, like, I don't know if you did, like, high school theater, but, like, when I think back to, like, high school theater, yeah, I remember the show kind of, but I mostly remember, like, the shit that happened backstage and, like, things like that. So uh, from there But that's what I would have
1: said. I would have talked way more about, like, um, you said what their favorite episode is, but I was like, what's some behind the scenes stories? Sure, that, like you guys really have been holding on to."
0: Yeah, that that would be a good one too, just to figure that out. Just uh, man, I wish I could just be a fly on the wall while the show was going on the entire time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's I think that they did honestly, and I think I would also ask them. I mean like I don't know if they are allowed to say anything about it but like why Girl Meets World didn't go because as we were talking about it Girl Meets World was also finding its footing but they were starting to do really well uh in terms of um getting back to that boy meets world formula and hitting on really really adult or relevant uh to children topics and hey, can, can I
0: can I give you my thoughts on this Yeah go for it it's the audience. When you put it on Disney Channel, it's a different audience. When you have, like, the, the audience that Modern Family is marketing towards is completely different than the audience that Girl Meets World was marketing towards. But they should have been marketing towards the same family audience. Put, and it, that's, put
1: it on Freeform.
0: Freeform free is form. literally... Somewhere where you can develop these characters, where you have an audience that's willing to be patient, an audience that's going to appreciate that development. That's exactly Kids what they just did with Blackish. See yeah. Blackish
1: Kids. is on free, uh, not Blackish, Grownish. Grownish yeah. is on Freeform and it allows them to do children-centric topics that are a little more mature, that are a little bit more mature. And what's even crazy is um, I always talk about my best friend's girlfriend's daughter uh i asked her the other day i was like hey do you watch boy meets world she's like yeah and i was like did you like it she's like not really i like she goes i liked the um spinoff way more uh and she's 14 so like sure. she she liked it it was relevant to her um yeah. and i think that they were really on to something and i just feel like it was canceled too early but
0: i mean and i also maybe i could be wrong with this I felt like and again I've only seen a few episodes of Girl Meets World and I I don't want to speculate. Yeah. But it's a, a vibe that I got was that the chemistry between the cast on the new show with the kids wasn't as strong as the chemistry in the original show. And that's just that was just a vibe I got.
1: I would that, say like that was the case maybe with like the love interest, but like the friend thing, they had the friend thing down um like there's two sets of friends that will actually really did seem to work and um their minkus stayed with them when they went to high school school. and like they even kind of did something with that but again it made sense and i thought like i don't know i feel like the chemistry was there and i even feel like they brought daniel like the Cory and topanga characters in properly when they needed to yeah um and they were doing like some kind of weird stuff with like, uh, Sean, and you get you get kind of like, what happens with did Sean? Sean gets married. Sean did get married. Um, but so so I mean like, <laughs> we're we're kind of getting all over the place, and it is what it is. But like, yeah, so Sean gets married in the uh spinoff, Girl Meets World. But that is one where I'm like, okay, they did seem to like shoehorn that in, like they like. Knew they only had a limited amount of time. They're like, we want to make sure we tell this story and conclude it. And it wasn't that it didn't make sense. It's just that it was definitely rushed for time. So. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> but we did get to see Angela again, and that was awesome. Yeah, see,
0: I always thought... I guess I always kind of wanted them to end up together.
1: And uh, I... Sean and Angela?
0: Yeah. And I felt like like if they were going to do that, if they were going to bring them back, they sh- Like, I... That's what I would wanna see. Like, I don't really Actually, care about Sean being this new person.
1: I mean, I know that you're I'm I'm not saying that you're wrong in the sense that like Sean and this new person does it, but the way that they do Angela's return is by the way, spoilers ahead, because I'm just gonna say it. But uh the way that they do Angela's return is really good. Um she it's very realistic. She comes back in their life and she's married now. And she's just like, no, Sean was really important to me. And she kind of gives insight into who Sean was and why he was important to her, but also why they didn't work out. Um, And it helped Sean grow. It's one of those things where an ex comes back into your life and you're not necessarily going to get back with them because you're not who you were. But they do have insight into who you were then uh, and how it may affect you now. And I thought that was a really a mature way to deal with it in this kid's show. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Too bad. Yeah.
0: C'est la vie. Anyways, (laughs) um, uh, you had some non-boy-me-twirl things you wanted to discuss. Oh my
1: God, just so much has gone on. Okay, so, um, give me one second. There's so many things that we need to do. First of all, Aretha Aretha Franklin's funeral. Our home-going, as they called it. Did you hear about that?
0: Okay. So I, I have to say I've been kind of detached. I've been picking up on things here and there. I saw um, the performance that Jennifer Hudson gave of was it amazing grace? Yeah. Um, But I didn't hear it. Like, I know there was like some drama that I didn't really hear. There was a
1: bunch of drama. All right. So first of all, um, there was the fact that the guy who gave the eulogy literally went on like for 45 minutes um, made it about everything else besides Aretha Franklin. Um, he
0: made it about,
1: um, he basically turned into like, uh, black people don't really care for themselves, and that's why we're not doing better. Um, men need to be in the homes, a single woman can't raise, um children. Like, she can't raise money. Oh, wow. Men. Really? Um, yeah, exactly. Really
0: taking advantage of this platform. Exactly.
1: And everyone's like, uh, Aretha Franklin was a single mother. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, wow, Why there's... would you do this at someone's funeral who's literally the exact opposite of what you're talking about? Um, so, there was that, and then there was the fact that a different preacher groped Ariana Grande. Um <laughs>
0: sorry that's not funny at all it's not like absolutely it's not funny at all but the fact that like a preacher would do that at an aretha franklin funeral jesus like on being
1: televised is
0: there (laughs) any kind of like self-awareness at all with these men like that's what makes me chuckle is just the severe lack of self-awareness like are you kidding me bruh
1: yeah men are men and men uh, and it's terrible and I'm really what I like more than anything are what's interesting is they show that clip very often and you can see her look at her him like what the fuck are you doing right now but she's also like I'm not going to make a scene because this is a funeral and this isn't about me right now but it's really funny because at the exact same time that um, he's literally groping her he's also insulting her like he says like oh my daughter was like ariana grande is coming and i was like what's that like uh order at starbucks or something and you know it's like he's insulting her and groping her and she's just like has this look of confusion on her face but also i need to be dignified and it's it's really uncomfortable to watch but it's also like what we were talking about earlier it's amazing in the sense of like women having to be proper while men are blatantly being inappropriate (laughs) because it would be rude like
0: at that point like it's it's on them to be like do i want to be as rude as this person to make this into a thing how can you
1: imagine how crazy that that is i mean like i do know that there's plenty of times like as black men where we have to do the same thing where it's like okay you were clearly just inappropriate and or racist right now and i have to bite the bullet because me responding would be inappropriate uh and i would be the target or the victim going forward but
0: if i were at a funeral and someone that came up to me and just like just full-on grabbed my dick <laughs> and 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 like insulted me at the same time i i you know what i don't know what i would do you know what now that i put myself in that scenario now that i've painted that picture i truly don't know what I
1: honestly would do. i can tell you you would do exactly what terry cruz did which is that like again as a black person and as a black man and you're right this was like a great segue i just want to talk about terry Crews and his whole thing real quick because you know about that whole story right you know what happened yeah 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 and so what people don't understand as someone who is this tall black and gay i've actually had the exact same thing happen to me where like someone will touch me who i I'm like, wait a minute, like your mind is just confused about what's going on. I think people really underestimate shock because what people assume that they would do is like, you know, you saw it coming. You understand what it was inappropriate and, you know, it's just like, oh, you have the freedom and the agency. But what people forget is sometimes these things will happen in a situation where your mind just can't compute that someone would be so bold as to do so and yeah. so it takes your mind a few seconds to literally put everything in line
0: you like, then to then at that point you have like decision making comes in
1: exactly well not only that but like at that point in time sometimes it just takes a moment you're like oh wait so did did someone just grab me inappropriately you know did that really happen did it happen in public where other people can see it did it happen in public to me, <laughs> did it yeah. happen in public to me where other people can see it, where I can't really do anything. And then, you know, all of the social things kind of flood in. And by that time, a few seconds have gone by and your reaction, no matter how it would be, would just be in delay. Like, you know, it would look weird because it's so much time has passed since the actual incident has happened. So you yeah. like literally may have to chase this person down to react. You know what I mean? Just and so, like, as people. someone who's seen that happen, I just think about the fact that this woman got insulted and groped in na- on national television in front of everyone, and you know, again, like, her mind just had to be like, "Are you are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> like, you're just literally trying to rationalize what's going on. Yeah, and it's almost like.
0: You know, the kind of person who would do that is the kind of person who would know that this would be so
1: much of a shock that you wouldn't be able to give away That's that. another thing. I know for a fact that a lot of people who do that, they do it because it's kind of like a what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to be the person who calls me out in a room full of people? Are you going to make
0: this inappropriate? Are you going
1: to be the one who makes this weird and turns it into a thing? Because
0: I'm not going to do this in a situation where you would be able to react even positively to it. I'm going to do it in a situation where you can't react at all to it.
1: Exactly. They do it in a way that it's like in order for you, your response, no matter how, like your response, anything other than to let it slide would make you look like the weird one because they did it in a way that was just such a sleight of hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like no one else saw it happen. And because, as we've talked about numerous times uh, in America, it has to be so blatant <laughs> and direct for Americans to be like, oh, yeah, that definitely, he definitely had it coming. Sure, sure. But if they didn't see it with like footage and an announcement, they're just like, are you blowing this out of proportion? <laughs> um and- She's not having a great week. Yeah. Um, Now we can talk about Mac Miller, but keep going.
0: Yeah, so Mac Miller overdosed, and apparently there's a group online that's saying that the reason why is because of Ariana Grande. Because she didn't nurse him and take care of his mental health. She went and got engaged to Pete Davidson. She, you know, like... I I just this notion that she should have stuck with him and took care of him in order for him to not make this choice. Exactly. And I
1: want to make it very clear. uh, Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. Any expectations that you are required to stay with someone who, by the way, has proven themselves to be damaging. uh, Yeah. And you need to take you're only responsible for yourself that is you are only responsible for yourself and especially when it comes to mental health and i'm sure she did everything that she could and even if she didn't that like that's, that's not her responsibility
0: yeah not at all
1: um he has an entire network he has an entire group of friends family industry individuals um who has known him longer, has way more access to him. Um, That is not on her. She is not his savior. And she has the right to do everything. Even if she, like, um, fucked Pete Davidson in front of him, that would be messed up. But she has no requirements to make sure that he didn't kill himself afterwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it happened so recently. Obviously, there's, like, details that we don't know yet. Not that it, it, like... I can't imagine that any details would come to light that would really kind of change the picture that's being painted now, but um, yeah, yeah, sad. it's a real, I, mean, I, I have to be honest. I'm I've never been a huge Mac Miller fan, but I can appreciate someone who kind of you know found fame virally and was able to kind of promote themselves that way and 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 um, just a, a self made. I can I can respect that.
1: Yeah, no, I actually uh, I got to see him at Coachella. Uh, two years ago and I really liked I liked seeing him and I thought it was um, a great show I I kind of feel bad like I do with anyone who especially when they're a celebrity who overdoses and dies you know it's like it's it's always a tragedy in my mind when life is lost especially yeah. that young um, but also I'm at an age right now where I do understand that a our system does not treat mental illness the way that it should so he is a victim just as much as anyone else um and it's really sad and we need to do better but then also that you can't you can't save everyone you just can't yeah. like like the weight of having and trying to save everyone or like trying to do everything and make everyone happy is just it's not on one person do what you can in your space And I hope that other people are doing what they can in their space. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, kind of like a weird transition, but nonetheless, like, um, just on this whole trying to make everyone happy and uh, this whole Nike protest thing and how our system is. You you
0: didn't bring your Nikes, bro?
1: Oh, no, no, I did not burn my Nike. You
0: did not take the, the shoes you paid $100 for and set them on
1: fire? That was the dumbest thing you could do. Like, like absolutely ridiculous. Yo, man, Nikes are great. Well, I'm not like, going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Just the
0: shoe, Nikes are great. Like, why are you fronting?
1: I'm an Adidas person. Like, I'm looking right now at all my shoes. I have more Adidas than I do Nike. Anything. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm just like, I, I, they feel better to me. Uh, I mean, I'm I not... have
0: the classic shell tops. Obviously, I go old school. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: And I'm not going to lie. Like, I look, I've looked at Nike's come out with a lot of really great shoes. But like to me, the idea of protesting Nike, like, everyone brings out, there's just so many things going on where it's just like, all right, so you're going to protest Nike now. But when we all found out about their sweatshop labor, that was cool um and then or like, when
0: like black guys were getting shot by cops oh yeah apparently or, not or worth... if you
1: want to go back to the original og <laughs> problem When like, black yeah. guys were getting shot by cops you're like oh that's fine and, you know that happens it's like, we're like, not going to get...
0: protest that but we'll, <laughs> we'll like burning shoes is such a, a more violent expression than taking a knee yes also so like you're protesting a protest in the worse way than the original protest
1: Also, I do have to say that – or two things that happened. One, I don't know if you watch Seth Meyers, but he has a uh, correspondent named Amber Riley. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really loved it. What she did, she kind of, like, flipped the script on them. She was like, uh, white people who are burning your Nikes, now's not the time. You're doing it wrong. You're protesting incorrectly. If you want to do that, the internet's not a place um, to be (laughs) – you know." and just kind of use the whole argument – uh, that they used against uh, Colin Kaepernick. And then also, someone else pointed out, and I love this, they were like, um, Colin Kaepernick has not taken a knee publicly uh, at the NFL in the last two years. He's only been fighting social injustice.
0: It seemed to me like there was just a lot of white boy fuckery happening. <laughs> white boy fuckery, I like it.
1: No, I mean, like honestly, that's, that's pretty much what we're dealing with here. It's the amount of racism in everything that we're dealing with is just so much. I mean, like, you have, um, the don't monkey this up situation. Don't monkey this up, bruh. That was... Like, seriously, here's the thing. I kid you not. I don't know if you saw the whole clip, but I was telling someone. When I watched the whole clip, because I like to watch things in context, when I watched the clip, um... The guy said, he's so articulate. And from that moment on, I was like, oh, I know where we're going with this. He's so well-spoken. He speaks so well. He's so well-spoken. The moment he said that, I was like, oh, we're getting nothing but fuckery going forward. And then he was like... How else would he speak? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then... He said, "Don't monkey this up," and I was like, "I like, I like, I got both angry and sad, and like, it was just so many emotions, yo." Whatever it's man, just like, oh, I'm you guys in Florida really right down. now. Okay. I know yeah. that's in real life. I'm not yeah. even surprised by it anymore. <laughs> yeah, you are in Florida right now. <laughs> like that's I'm not surprised by
0: it at all.
1: But, which, by the way, okay, so kind of a detour, but pretty much exactly what we're talking about, especially with Florida. Um, I told you recently that I ran into a uh, old classmate, and then also uh, a, a, this guy who like went to school in Miami, and we were talking, and I said something incorrectly, and. He, was, he called me out on it, and I was like, oh, I went to school in Florida, I don't expect to know things. And he goes, dude, I use that as an excuse all the time. Like, whenever people <laughs> call me out, I was like, I have a Florida education, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did the best real, that I could with what I got. Real low
0: on the education standards. I think we pay our teachers uh, one of the the least salaries, like, the, the smallest salaries of teachers in the country, so, oh, God, we're that, getting what we pay for, guys. That's
1: so terrible. Oh
0: God. Also, there's, like, Ooze in our Everglades right now. I don't know if you saw that. No, but I there's, didn't. There's pollution in our Everglades that are literally turning, like, um, these, like, oceanside homes, like, their lagoons outside their homes, to, like, a green, like, Ninja Turtle ooze.
1: I don't understand why. The EPA only reduced half of their regulations over the past <laughs> a few years. I, I have
0: no idea. I have no idea. Um, I know we're running low on time, so before we go, I just with all of just like this blatant racism i i want to talk to you a little bit about this white on white crime that's happening in hip-hop right now because <laughs> it is just i'm loving every minute of it all right, you it's like a boxing match where i don't care i don't care <laughs> you're just happy to see it happen i'm just happy to see a fight <laughs> keep
1: going tell me tell me more
0: all right, so obviously um, Eminem dropped a dope album, Kamikaze, out of nowhere um, that called out uh, G-Eazy and uh, that called out uh, fucking Machine Gun Kelly, who I have to say I didn't really even ever heard of before this. Um, and the Machine Gun Kelly had a response record, but it's so... I don't know, I'm a true hip-hop head and mm-hmm. I'm a true lover of rap and I understand the complexity of that eminem puts into a, a, a lyric like he he really is shakespeare the way he's able to use double triple quadruple entendres and make it all rhyme and make sense and tell a story and there's not many people who can do what he does better like he is he is as smart with his writing as like Lynn Manuel miranda is with with hamilton like there's so much complexity behind it that yeah. rappers put into their thoughts so for 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 machine gun kelly to just kind of say like hey man you're old it yeah it didn't, a, yeah it didn't really yeah because you have to understand it's like hip-hop is like um it's like if you were to have two like drummers like going back and forth and like someone was just able to do a sick beat like a sick beat would not compare to like a trained jazz drummer yeah. you know so i i think that's why I just kind of I'm looking forward to this response that Eminem is working on, because I know it's like going to just be everything that I love about hip hop. Like even like I know there's a lot of like doesn't age well parts of the Biggie and Tupac story. Yeah. Um, but they're 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 rap beefs. I mean, hit them up. I don't know if you're familiar with with the with the song it's it's one of the greatest (laughs) rap beef songs of all time no vaseline by ice cube like this is what hip-hop was built on and it's just it's interesting when you have like mgk just being like hey man don't be a bully when eminem's like no that's not really what it's about it's about just you know you know calling out skill and what is skill and who's who's the dopest on the mic like that's what hip-hop's always been and I don't know. I, I, I hip hop can be other things than who is the baddest of them all, but I that is true to the
1: root of it. Um, no, I'm with stick- you. Actually, I, if I'm not mistaken, early on, like, didn't like MCs and showdowns. Wasn't it like all like that's what rap battles were?
0: That's all they were. They were like, yo, my DJ is the best. My DJ's the best. Yo, I'm an MC and I'm the best. No, I'm the exactly. best. Exactly. Like just, everyone was just kind of challenging going? each other.
1: I mean, like, and don't get me wrong. Uh, Biggie and Tupac clearly got it took it to a more violent state than it had been before but it's yeah. like it's always been about calling someone out and you proving your worth uh, on lyrically you know like that's what rap battle really is it's just like alright you saying all of this other stuff and I can call you out and I can say everything I can about you but what really matters is how you deliver not even necessarily what we're talking about it's like how do you deliver what you're talking about We've yeah, had a lot of those lately. It's kind of like um,
0: uh, there was a, a video that uh, a song that Justin Bieber put out on his Christmas album a few years ago with Boys to Men. That is and not it, where I thought this was going at <laughs> all. But continue. But it's like when you hear Boys to Men sing and then you hear Justin Bieber sing, and you're like, "Oh, okay, so that's what good and good singing is, and that's what extraordinary singing is." Yeah that's that's what we're we're, what the hip-hop is kind of doing right now and that's what i think eminem is trying to to prove he's not trying to say that new hip-hop is all bad he even says like hey lil yadi there's nothing wrong with it it's just not for me but he is saying that there is a level of skill and talent that's being you know pushed aside that that we need to hang on to and yes we can experiment with new sounds but let's not you know lose what's artistic about this art form
1: you know Um, who's above all of it Childish Gambino, dude. That feels <laughs> like
0: summer. Like he's just walking past it, man. Yes, he's that's the. Only thing I was around see if you
1: thought, everyone was talking about. They're like, notice that what he's basically saying is everything's going on. All this is happening, good and bad. But I'm like, I'm not part of it. Like I'm just. This is. I'm like on some I'm other shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same neighborhood. I'm in like I am. I'm part of the community. I'm part of this world, but yeah. I'm not interacting, and I'm not,
0: and I'm not, I'm not going along with a lot of what other people are doing. I love that video from beginning to end
1: oh, it's really really good, and that was just like another thing that I went Childish Gambino has been knocking it out of the park, dude. This dude, I can't like I just can't wait for him to create.
0: Yeah, like that's I'm just I've been such a fan of his since like. um like since community and like since his first record came out and like I saw him on his very first tour that he did and he's I've just been a huge fan of his for so long that whenever I see him just escalating his art form and getting more and more recognition I'm just I'm just rooting for him the entire way because that's black excellence
1: what I really like is I saw a video the other day that um, I really enjoyed which talked about how Childish Gambino is the perfect example of our generation's ability to be a jack of all trades yes i think i saw something similar to that too like the previous generations like they were all like you have to pick something that you're going to do and you will a job
0: you're going to be at forever and work at the same company forever and And that's just
1: not how the world works anymore so you like you really can be whatever you want to be at any point in time in your life and our generation we're not like oh this person's a baker this person's usually like a baker and a social media influencer and a mom and you know like yeah we all have a dozen titles exactly (laughs) but it's so funny because so often like people want you to they want you to do just the one thing um as they they'll say there's like this whole phrase of like um like i don't know it's like jack of all trades master of none or something like yeah that. i can't think of it and they're like that's not true anymore you can literally now you can become great at more than one thing
0: Yo, two um, of the best horror movies I saw in the last few years were made by comedians. So, oh, that's a very good point. So, like, you really can't be anything
1: nowadays. <laughs> what was the other? I know Get Out is one. What's the other one? Um, uh, John Krasinski. The, the what oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Um, D-
0: don't don't say Speak words. or something like that. <laughs> don't, yeah, whatever it was. So a Silent good. Place. A Silent S- Place. Silent,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, oh, speaking yeah. of which, uh, I just saw Searching searching i'm not familiar searching it's uh oh my god dude you gotta watch it. it's actually pretty good i'm not gonna say it's fantastic but it's pretty good uh it has a it's a good thriller and it has a good twist and you really do go on the ride um it's with john cho is that how you say his name john john oh cho? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like him it's he's the first uh asian american actor um, to start to play a lead in a harm or a thriller or something like this, really, and it's really good. Yeah, um, I love it. Did you see Crazy Rich Asians? I haven't, got I haven't seen it yet, yet, but I'm going to. And uh, I don't know if you saw my post the other day, but I had this conversation about how representation you're just seeing more and more of it. And I'm loving that we talked about a lot of heavy stuff earlier in this, but and we even talked about Boy Meets World and how great it is. But to see all this good television that has representation in it is—it's just such a great moment because you see all of these minorities bond over the fact that they're seeing themselves. Yeah, like I saw, which you should really check out, um, to all the boys I've loved before, and oh yeah, I see, I've seen the uh, the, the ads for it, dude. That is—it's a—it's a, it's a rom com, but it's a rom com with an Asian American female lead. Um, I'm not really sure what uh, nationality the boy is, but uh, or ethnicity, but um, it's a really good movie, and it's a classic rom-com, and as we've always known, nothing's really different. The story's still the same. Everyone, it's just like, oh, that person happens to be a person of color, which lets yeah. you know that, like, yeah, we have the same stories, we have the same wants, needs and all this other stuff. So yeah, it's really You know what's funny? Really I if you ever get some
0: chance on Instagram to explore the crazy rich Asians hashtag, yo, people in Shanghai are living it up right now. Like there is a whole like culture in china that i'm just completely unfamiliar with that looks a lot like vegas than it does anything <laughs> i've seen and what i've interpreted of, uh, of what i thought china was in my head so i just i think it's just a great big world out there and it's exposing me and a bunch of other people to different parts of societies that we just didn't realize were
1: up in are you like saying that. that the bras are meeting the world right now (laughs) bam guys we did it (laughs) full circle thanks thanks for listening guys we're done that's a wrap that's a wrap for the podcast (laughs) okay so uh i mean honestly it just feels like a good place to close you sure sure yeah anything else yeah uh
0: no i mean i i know we were just kind of bullshitting this week but we just had some things we wanted to talk about and uh review but we're gonna be back next week um i have actually seen the episode and i'm excited to talk
1: to you about it um I have not seen the episode yet, so you get no reaction from me. That's fair. That's fair. But that said, I am excited to keep going on this journey. I want to do a special shout-out to everyone who has been talking to me about the podcast. A lot of people have been like, oh, I checked it out. I really like it. I listen to you at work and all this other stuff. So thank you to the friends who've been doing that. I also want to call out the people. We've been getting a lot of... um, interaction on our instagram and on twitter so keep doing that i really really appreciate it and uh, finally we also had uh a couple of shout outs that we made have been shouted out back at us and that's just a fantastic feeling like, yeah, uh, I mentioned the Bechtel cast and I tagged them and then they uh, favorited our tweet and then retweeted it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so fancy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm super pumped for the rest of the season. I'm super pumped to uh, continue on the journey of Bloor To Run Along With You. and. Uh yeah let's 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 hopefully get some more mature storytelling this next half of the season.
1: yeah right let's 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 hope for it okay so uh to kind of close this out thank you guys for listening to bro meets world remember you can find us on spotify itunes stitcher uh make sure you leave us a rating we really appreciate that keep reaching out to us on the so- social media platforms at bro meets world or email us at bro at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at extra siege that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j uh Tony. You can find me at
0: a braver me on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter at Anna Kendrick
1: retweets
0: at Anna Kendrick RT uh, where I will be retweeting Anna Kendrick's tweets for all of you. She's got uh, a movie
1: coming out with Blake Lively, just saying.
0: Not super interested based on the trailer. But, <laughs> <one movie>. uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah. So it's, it's just Anna Kendrick retweets, not necessarily Anna Kendrick's stand.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no! This has nothing to do with my personal feelings towards Anna Kendrick, which are not negative at all, um, but not overly positive either. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it would be funny about a
1: year and a half ago, and I haven't stopped doing it. All right, so. you know what? Keep doing you. And you know what else <laughs> I want you to keep doing? What's that, Siege? I want you to remember to dream, track, do that. I can and, do that, and, and do some good, bro. Yo, damn. Damn Skippy, bruh. Damn
0: Skippy. Later, bros. Later, bruh.